I'm Luke Story. I'm Christine Loria. I'm Natasha Kingsbury. I'm Angie Check. I am Dr. Aaron Eugene McMorrow. I'm Ben Joseph Stewart. I'm Bliss Young. I am Dr. Jacob Egbert. I'm Kyle Kingsbury. I'm Lily Nichols. I'm Mark Groves. I'm Sarah Gustafson. I'm Jesse Golden. I'm Dr. Stuart Fishbein. I'm Marin Green. I'm Kelly Brogan, MD. Hi, this is Kimberly Ann Johnson. Je m'appelle Rick Safris, et c'est le podcast du Gidecolo Holistique. Hello, I'm Paul Check, and this is the Holistic OBGYN Podcast. Enjoy. Welcome back to the Holistic OBGYN Podcast, everybody. As you've probably learned by now, we're on episode 102, and we are just ramping it up, gradually ratcheting our way into the mainstream. You've probably realized I don't do a lot of just strictly clinical conversations around cervical cancer or whatever else. There's plenty of other podcasts that do that. I want to help you live your most vital life. I want to optimize your fertility. I want you to get the junk out of your life, move in with the nutritious stuff, the non-toxic stuff. I want you to be living your best life. And there's very, very simple things that you can do in your environment, in your home environment, to make that possible. And Tessa is going to be sharing all of that with us today. So I can't wait for you to hear this episode. Tessa is found at balancedtoat.com. That's balanced-to-a-t.com. Um, I will put everything in the show notes, don't worry. And of course, like always, we can't do this show without our sponsors. So let me tell you briefly about some of these sponsors because Christmas is coming up. If you haven't finalized your shopping list and you need some last minute stocking stuffers, all of these companies offer incredible options for you. The first is Bioptimizers. Bioptimizers is owned by a company by a gentleman named Wade Lightheart, who's become a friend of mine. He's an outstanding guy. He's a former bodybuilding just extremely healthy athlete through and through natural all the way. And he has created one of the most stellar supplement companies out there. Bioptimizers has a wide range of topics. The one that I've been very, very grateful to have found is their sleep breakthrough. It takes four scoops every night with water, and it includes a whole bunch of amino acids, GABA, it includes magnesium, everything that you need in order to optimize your easing into sleep, you're staying asleep, and then you're waking up without feeling groggy in the morning. So go to bioptimizers.com slash holistic OBGYN. You're not going to regret it if you have any issues with sleep, especially if you're like me and you're a young parent who's managing 15 flaming chainsaws in the air and you struggle to quiet that monkey mind at night. Try their sleep breakthrough. You're not going to regret it. That's bioptimizers.com slash holistic OBGYN. You'll save 10% on your purchase. BirthFit is another incredible sponsor we have. Lindsay Matthews Cantu is the owner of this company. She's an acupuncturist, and her whole philosophy is completely in alignment with what I do in the way I live. She is lean. She moves well. She's got this incredible mobility and flexibility and strength, and she has put together BirthFit, which is a comprehensive pregnancy and postpartum-specific coaching program. And it's not just that they provide strength and conditioning for moms, whether they're before, during, and after pregnancy or well into the postpartum period. It's not just that they help to balance your nervous system through customized training programs. It's not just that they help teach you about your pelvic floor and how to control your breathing in order to mitigate any damage to the pelvic floor before, during, and after pregnancy. They also have created an incredible community called the B Community. The B Community is a community made by women for women to get you 
all of the answers to all of the questions that you may have developed over the course of your pregnancy, or even while you're just contemplating, what will pregnancy do to my body? How will I stay healthy? So if you want to try out BirthFit, the best way is to go to birthfit.com, use code BELOVED, and you will get one month free access to their B community where you're not only going to get your questions answered and meet other women who are on the same journey as you, it'll feel a lot less isolating, that's for sure, but you're also going to be greeted by a variety of webinars on everything from exercise to nutrition to everything else. These are experts in the field, and I want you to have be a part of this community. You're not going to look bad once you find them. So go to birthfit.com, use code BELOVED, and you'll get one month free access to their B community. And then we've also got Organifi. I love Organifi's red juice. I drink it every afternoon around 2 o'clock. It is loaded with red beets, cordyceps, rhodiola. I mean, there is so much nutrition packed into this product. Cordyceps and reishi are both in there, both functional mushrooms. Red beets loaded with B vitamins. Rhodiola is a cold climate herb. It's used to help the body adapt to physical, emotional, and environmental stress. So that's going to help balance out your adrenals. It's got freeze-dried berries, Siberian ginseng, lemon, some prebiotics in order to help support your gut. It's loaded. So I take it in the afternoon to get a little boost of energy without the jitteriness of a late day cup of coffee. If you want to try Organifi, they've got plenty of products. Their adaptogenic red juice is one of my favorites. Go to Organifi.com slash beloved and you'll save 20% on your purchase. This is the last call for all those stocking stuffers. Get everybody in your family a canister of red juice and they're all going to thank you. And they'll probably return the favor next year, next Christmas. All righty. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Tessa Bowman. We're going to be talking all about limiting the toxicants in your environment. Tessa, welcome to the Holistic OBGYN podcast. I'm so happy to see you again. You too. I'm so happy to be here. I know you've had three babies. Congrats on that third one. I actually don't know about the third one, but I do know a little bit about the first one. And I think I was involved in your second birth. Is that right? You were. That's correct. Tell everybody a little bit about your births and then we'll dive into some toxic free living. (laughs) Yeah. So I have three boys, six, almost six next week, three and 17 months. Wow. Congrats. Yes. And so my first, I've been very blessed And I'll also take a little bit of responsibility for working really hard to have healthy pregnancies, but I've had three healthy pregnancies. The first, Carter, I was induced 10 days past my due date. I actually went to the most holistic OB possible where we live in San Diego. I had a lot of birth complications. Every intervention possible outside of a C-section ended up with a grand mal seizure into the ICU. No way. Oh my gosh. (laughs) That was number one. That was Carter. That was number one. And actually you just posted about colase. And I think that might've been the final straw for my body, two epidurals, all of that. So after, of course I had a natural birth plan, I had done hypnobirthing and all of that. So out the window, (laughs) sometimes that's how it goes. That's just, but we were all fine. And yeah, it was a really interesting learning experience. And then our second son, is when I met you and I was still at the same OB and he was on vacation and you were subbing for him. You were his OB. I was covering his practice. That's right. That was Dr. Nick Kapitanakis. Yes. And I still highly recommend him. I really like him. For anybody in that area, he's probably the best one in the whole region. So, yeah. Yes. And actually we had a really wonderful hospital birth with Julian. It was very straightforward and it was the birth that I had envisioned and wanted. And then 
I got pregnant with our third and he was a little gift from God and very unexpected. And I just had this knowing in me. It wasn't even really a question. I'm like, I'm going to do home birth. I just knew that was my path. Hmm. And so I did a home birth and I had the most beautiful home birth experience. It was hard for me, but it was seven hours start to finish. And none of my labors have followed the linear labor path of like, I didn't have my water break. My second son was born in call, which is kind of rare, but really special. Tell everybody what that is. That's pretty cool. When they're born in the amniotic sac. It's like a water balloon with a baby inside. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's one in 10,000 births are born in call. You would know better than me. So rare. No, I mean, and (laughs) really it's not even, I don't even know if we actually know how frequently it would be because we artificially open so many people's waters that we don't know. We don't give enough time for that to happen. So maybe it's more frequent, but it's very rare in a hospital. That was the second one or the third one that came in call? That was second. So in in the hospital hospital, to have a baby in call is pretty darn special. So props to your doc and your team there because the Encinitas crowd is hands down the best maternity unit I've ever worked on. Yeah. For anybody who's in that area, you have access to a premier place to have a natural birth. (laughs) Really, truly. And also, I've heard a lot of good things about Pomerado and Dr. Cobb. He's the one other very respectful, open-minded, I've heard that name too. Yeah, I've heard that name too. He's the other one. Yeah. Yeah. So then with Landon, we had a great home birth. I had Nicole Morales, who I know you know, and she. I had three midwives with me. That's just how she comes, two student midwives and, and Nicole. And it was exactly what I needed for myself. And Landon was great. And it was the most amazing thing. And that's awesome. I felt so safe and highly recommended. <laughs> <laughs> 10 out of 10, highly recommended. Yeah. yeah that's grandma seizure, four out of 10. Do not recommend. <laughs> right. Right. And I knew that was from too much medicine on my body. Sure. I mean, I don't even take ibuprofen or Tylenol. And all of a sudden I was getting, yeah. you know, the Pitocin yeah. and then two epidurals and episiotomy and. Oh my Lord. Oh gosh. That's oh, terrible. vacuum. He got vacuumed, two different vacuums. Then they gave me colace. And I think my body was just done. And it was its way of kind of releasing all the stress. So Yeah, it's like shaking it off, literally. You know, for anybody yeah. out there who sees like if you watch like professional athletes, if you think the whole shaking thing is yes. ridiculous, it might be ridiculous. But if you watch the best performers in the world, right before the football game, they're lining up on the scrimmage line in football, whatever, they are shaking it off from that previous play because they have to get in the zone to do this again. They're getting recharged. And a seizure is just your subconscious is maybe taking over and saying, hey, we got to shake some of this off. Shut down for a moment. (laughs) You know, having all different experiences, like a bad hospital experience, a good hospital experience, and a great home birth, I totally respect all of them. And as long as you are in control and your voice is being heard and your provider knows exactly what you want. I think that's just sure, the most important. Sure. And you're able to just say pass. So I'm going to give you that option. It may be much to the chagrin of our audience, but um, what was the response of your husband and your family to the idea of having a home birth? And again, you're free to just say he was very supportive and pass. Whatever you want to say is totally fine. I don't think he would mind me sharing this. Okay. He had to go to therapy. After I told him I went and he cried and he doesn't cry very often, but from his perspective and after my first birth, you know, when I had my seizure, I don't even remember. I don't remember having it. I remember waking up in the room and there was a team of literally 15 people in my face. So that was, I will say that was the scariest moment of my life because I just didn't know what happened. But for him, you know, I think there was that moment of, is my wife dying? So he was very scared 
very scared about it. But he came around and was completely supportive of me. He still was really nervous going into the birth. My mom and my dad were supportive. If they weren't, they didn't say it. And, you know, my whole thing was, this is my choice. And I'm talking to people and getting advice from people I really respect, like my midwife. And I don't believe she would let me have a home birth if she thought there was any danger. And they monitored me pretty closely all throughout my pregnancy. I had no issues. And everyone, I think that's a big misconception. Midwives are not going to do home births if it is high risk, Mm. from what I understand. Even like the liability alone, they're like... Exactly. You're a terrible it's not candidate. Worth, yeah, yeah. Right. Exactly. It's I, not I worth get the it. liability. Yeah. So I felt very safe. But yeah, my other family, I mean, some of them have never acknowledged it, but that's okay because it's not their experience to have. It's my experience to have. And I think that's one thing if I can tell people is it's not your job to convince other people. Yeah. Just do what you want to do. And they have their story in their head of why it isn't safe. Right. And I felt much more safe at home than I did in hospital. So that is yeah, definitely it, it was the a mixed best. Bag. That's like the number one criteria. Where do you feel most safe? That's why it's not a problem yes. for when people are like, I want to have a C-section because of how traumatic the vaginal birth process was. Like, yep. I get that. Like, it's not my totally. job or your job or Nicole Morales or any other doctor in the world. It's not their job to tell you this is the right way to do it. It's like yeah. the first question is, where do you feel like you want to have birth? And that implies I feel best seen. I feel most comfortable giving birth in my bedroom or in the hospital yeah. or whatever in the operating room. It's your choice. And if you go against that for whatever reason, whether it's family pressure or some sort of cognitive dissonance within you, you might end up actually mm-hmm. in a state of fear in whatever place you end up trying to give birth. And that may in and of itself disrupt the process. So start with where do I feel most seen and safe? And if it changes at the last minute, that's okay too. Yes, that's what we did for our home that. birth. Yep. Yeah. 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 It can change and that's okay. And just leaning into your intuition throughout the whole process. Right on. So when you choose to have a home birth, you are accepting some additional responsibility, right? You are not 40 feet from an operating room. You are perhaps 40 minutes from an operating room. Or in some cases, if you're living in a highly populated area, maybe a mile or two down the road. But still, that takes time. You have to get in the car. You have to go there. You're in like the pushing phase, maybe. Like it's hard to get there. So you're willing to accept that, hey, even though that is a possibility, I'm going to take the greater chance that nothing like that is going to happen. And that is generally why people are increasingly choosing to have a baby out of the hospital, whether it's at a birth center or not. So this personal responsibility piece is huge. And it really leads me into talking about what you do and why I brought you on the show. When I first met you, it was in the clinic. I was doing like, I don't know, maybe Doppler or something. I don't even remember. I mean, I Mm -hmm. remember meeting you, but I don't remember, like you were just there for routine prenatal care. And I think we were just kind of going through the motions. And I remember, I remember you from that. I was like, gosh, there's a person who like looks at labels, knows what these things mean probably in her home is very thoughtful and taking responsibility for which shampoo she buys, which shampoo she doesn't buy, et cetera. So that's, I think, going to be the crux of our conversation today. So tell everybody, number one, who are you and what do you yes. actually do for a living? Why am I here? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Should have started with that. <laughs> yeah. So I went back to school after college for nutrition. So I became a certified nutrition consultant. And that was where really my eyes got opened up to living a more holistic life, a more non-toxic life. And then I went back, I did another program for health coaching. I went back and did another year program for hormones. And I've really lived in the, well, one of my passions has been 
prenatal health. So that obviously pairs well with what you do, but not pregnancy, but pre-pregnancy. So how can you create the most healthy environment externally and internally for you and actually your partner? Because it's equally as important for your partner to be doing everything you're doing too. They're contributing 50% of the DNA. I think that gets left out a lot Mm -hmm. of the time. Mm -hmm. And right now my focus is non-toxic home. So, and I don't want to say non-toxic too much, low toxic. How can you reduce the chemical burden of what you're bringing into your home to create a healthier home for yourself and your family? So that's what I do. I have services. I offer virtual services and I'm coming out with a non-toxic guide any day. It'll be out when this airs. So I like to look at myself as just a really good reference for people when they're trying to understand. Yeah. What's safe? What's not safe? What's good? What should I be buying? What should I not be buying? All the way from shampoo to furniture to paint to everything. Right, right. Yeah. Well, that's great. (laughs) Where do I start with this? (laughs) What I always say, and you know, I met your midwife, Nicole Morales, through the Czech family, the Czech tribe, which is down the street from you in Escondido. And Paul and Angie Czech, when you go to their house, like, they've put so much thought into every little thing in the house. It's not an obsession, but it's sort of like when we find this brand of hand soap, we're just going to buy this brand of hand soap. Mm-hmm. And then if there's a better hand soap that comes available, we'll replace it. I mean, it's really not that hard. We're not talking about you being afraid to sleep at night because there might be some chemical in your bedspread. Like, relax. Yeah. It's not that big of a deal. And if you have the means and the insight and you have somebody like you to reference, perhaps you can slowly start to adopt some slightly different purchasing practices. That's what this is really all about. So I've learned quite a bit, even just going to Angie and Paul's house so many times and finding like, oh, here's this new soap. Why is it this one versus this one? And I started looking at my own and I'm like, huh, well, maybe I'll just adopt this other soap. I mean, that's really what this conversation is hoping. I'm hoping will open the door for people is that we're going to give you some basic ways to think about this, some basic categories of ingredients maybe to avoid, and perhaps certain brands that you're sort of like, this brand just consistently puts out really clean stuff. So yes, your body's a temple in pregnancy. Your kids are yes. super young. They're developing their big old brains and all their endocrine organs and everything for the next 18 years. Where do you want to start, Tessa? So I think it helps to give the framework for why we even have to do this work or why am I doing this work? So in the United States, we are pretty far behind every other country in the world when it comes to regulating chemicals and ingredients for safety. So if you look at like the European Union, just when it comes to personal care products, they have over 1300 banned that are absolutely not allowed in any product that is going to hit the marketplace. In the United States, we have 30 banned. The Mm. the last major law passed was, if you can believe it, during World War II. So that's how long it's been since we have had the last. There's been smaller laws, but the last major safety law was passed all the way. I think it was 1930. Whoa. I think it was 1945. So it's really. So we're like right around the end of World War II, which is when actually things got way worse. Right. Before <laughs> even like the boom of yeah. yeah everything hitting the marketplace. So the way that the United States acts is innocent until proven guilty. So products, it doesn't matter what you're putting out on the marketplace. It could be a shampoo. It could be jewelry. It could be furniture. It could be candles. Anything you're putting out on the marketplace, you don't have to prove that it's safe. You don't have to go through any sort of 
showing data, proving it's safe before you can sell a product, where other countries take the route of you need to prove at some level that this is safe before it can hit the marketplace. Right, right. So that's really the biggest issue. We also have an act, it's the Toxic Substances Control Act. And that was passed, I want to say 50 years ago. And that made it, it has been the biggest hindrance for us and to trying to regulate chemicals better because basically it came out. And right now we have about 80,000 different chemicals in the marketplace. And not all chemicals are bad. Water's a chemical, right? But less than 10% of them have tested for safety. So that means there's a lot of chemicals out there that we just have no safety data on. And again, some of them could be totally benign, but some of them could be harmful to our health. Right. Let me add to that, that usually when medications get like a black label warning, or we find that they cause some sort of horrible congenital malformation, like thalidomide babies and whatnot, it's not until like 20, 30 years later that we can look back and actually isolate what is the chemical that's causing this, and then we can intervene. So just because it's safe according to whoever, is it the FDA that would be looking at the chemicals in shampoos and whatnot? Oh, the EPA. So according to the EPA that this is probably safe is like saying, you know, you can jump off this bridge. There's probably a big pillow down there, but probably. Yeah. I mean, DDT is a really good example of that. DDT was used worldwide. I saw ads of it being sprayed. People used it inside their homes for pest control. So that was one that was on the marketplace for a long time. (laughs) And then we realized, oh, this is really, really toxic and killing people. And it's pretty much been banned, but some countries are still actually still using it, even though I want to say, I remember seeing videos of like kids running behind the deep trucks yes. and like yep. it's spraying. I think it's probably from like the seventies or sixties maybe. And they're like, they're like, it probably <laughs> looks cross. like a lot of fun, but it's like, <laughs> yeah. it's like dancing in poison. <laughs> it's so awful. Yeah. So this toxic control substance act, it grandfathered in over 62 thousand chemicals saying these chemicals are already in the marketplace. We don't need to submit any safety data on them. So that already, I mean, think about that was 50 years ago. So they actually passed an amendment to the law in 2016 saying, okay, we do need to review existing chemicals. Some of them we do know are playing a part in causing adverse health effects. And the law does have some good stuff in it. We still are severely behind. I think it, I mean, with bringing it back to like what's happening today, we've been seeing in the news a lot. Microplastics have yeah. been found in breast milk and in blood for the first time. I'm going to grab a book while you're talking. Benzene has been found in sunscreen, phthalates. There's a lot of information about phthalates. So there is more news coming out about it, but we still are not doing that much to really regulate sure. it. Sure. Yeah. So like you said, it's safe until proven otherwise, which really should be the opposite. We really should be trying to lean on as many natural ingredients as possible. I don't know if you know the name Michel Odant. He's a doc. He doesn't even include MD in his name as an author, but he's got like 20 books. He was like a medical student back in the 40s. He's 92 now, and he's written so extensively. You'd love every single one of his books. And surprisingly, he's now writing more about the environment and ecology in reflecting on how we care for ourselves, which is really where people like me and Zach Bush and Paul Check yes, and yourself, it's mm-hmm. really like the way we treat our planet is reflective of how we're treating ourselves because we are one in the same, you know, with mother nature. But he wrote this book called Childbirth in the Age of Plastics. And it talks about how there is plastics everywhere in the hospital. 
and they're leaching particle, particulate matter into your blood. Even like he has an IV bag hanging here. So we heat these bags up, even if it's like, hey, it's below the dangerous levels. Like what is a dangerous amount of plastics in my bloodstream? Like six? Like what is the number? Like how would we possibly know that? But somebody out there came up with some arbitrary determination that this is probably okay. And maybe it is okay. We don't know. The point being that we should be asking these questions. And now that we have all this fancy technology really starting to hone in on what it is that that we want to be you know, pushing into people's bodies, whether it's a pharmaceutical, a shampoo, a beauty product, or a freaking medical supply. Yeah. And to your point, so another problem we have with regulating is, like you just said, it's completely based on dosage. So they say, okay, you can't have higher than you know, 50 ppm of this ingredient, but they're not looking at anything cumulatively. Right. So, okay, that's just one product you're using, but what about the 50 other things you're being exposed to? And I think it's important to say our bodies are made to detox. And if they're working correctly, they can detox from these. There are different kinds of chemicals. Some are fat soluble, some are water soluble. Right, right. And the problem is it's just the amount of chemicals we're being exposed to are overloading our system. And that is where we're seeing these health issues come up. And specific to pregnancy, I think that endocrine disrupting chemicals are really the most notable and play the biggest effect. So a few of the top ones are BPA, phthalates, PFAAs, PFAS are really the main ones and they are pervasive in products we buy. And just like you said, plastic, BPA is everywhere. So let's go into those three categories and maybe how we might be a little bit more discerning. Actually, what we probably should do is take a quick little break. But let me ask you first about vaccines. Not that we're going to get into the whole thing that happened over the past couple of years, but I really am curious as a mom, you've got three little boys. If you feel called to share, what was your sort of position on vaccines given you know, there's quite a variety of, of criticism around vaccines with regards to heavy metal additives for preservation, etc. My view has changed over the past years and my understanding. And I do think it's really interesting. And I don't think it's anyone's fault, but so many people are very discerning with what they buy, but they're not thinking about yeah. what's in the vaccine. And, you know, they phase mercury out of vaccines, but we still know there's uh, thimerosal and aluminum in some, Mm -hmm. there's polysorbate 80, there's all sorts of preservatives in them. And that's going right into your bloodstream. So products that you put on your skin have some layers of detoxification, or I don't know what the right way to say it, you know, when you're injecting something right into your bloodstream. There's no barrier there. The skin does provide some barrier with stuff on your skin. (laughs) So that's been a really interesting journey of learning for me. That's like a whole nother podcast. I know. It's kind of the same for me, believe it or not. (laughs) I do think it's really important for people to, I hate this is really overused right now, do your own research because, Mm -hmm. and I had to ultimately just go what feels right for ourselves and our family and like intuitively what feels right for what makes sense. And yeah, there's a lot of really good resources out there that help just people kind of learn the history of that whole sector. (laughs) Yeah, totally. And I will for people that are like, but where do I go? There is the international sort of database of medical literature, which is PubMed. And that doesn't mean you can go there and read everything that's ever been published because a lot of it's behind paywall. But there are a lot of 
really insightful reads on there that will also give you a list of references to help back up some of their claims. So if you're interested in starting to do research, there is an MD named Paul Thomas. He practices in Oregon. He actually has gotten into big trouble over how his rhetoric around vaccines, but he's back. He's got his license. He's practicing. And he just, on even on my podcast, when he came on, he couldn't actually talk about vaccines. It was I love like, him. I know. You he, know Paul. <laughs> his positions changed a lot, actually. So I followed his schedule in the beginning. And then I saw he was changing his mind. And I said, yeah. uh-oh. Yeah. He actually published the first study that's ever been done on the health of vaccinated children versus unvaccinated children. And it's about just what you would expect. But one of my favorite books, I actually have it right here, is Dissolving Illusions. Oh, Um, gosh. Yeah, that's a great one. (laughs) Yeah, it's a thicker one, too. (laughs) I'm listening to it and reading it. And there's another one called Turtles All the Way Down. I've heard a lot of good people talking about that one recently. So We'll link some of that. You said Turtles All the Way Down? mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. But it does play a factor, going back to the original question, in how we want to raise our family. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the one study that I think you might be referring to is with Paul Thomas and friends, acute exposure and chronic retention of aluminum in three vaccine schedules and effects on genetic and environmental variation. So we will link all of that. It's a free article. So anybody out there who's, if you're curious about this and you're able to respond to that internal cue to be triggered by something like this, just go and read the study. Do your best to work through it. If you have questions, you can reach out to people like us and we can help you figure it out. Nobody has all the answers, everybody. But what we're doing is trying to be curious and thoughtful about what things we're putting into our kids before they've even reached a mature age where they can make decisions on their own. So that's not to say vaccines are good or bad. For some people, it's actually probably beneficial to get your vaccines. For other people, maybe it's actually harmful. Who the hell knows? And that's not the point of this conversation. It's about being curious. But I will say one other really good resource is Dr. Alana Rumel. She has a whole vaccine empowerment program teaching parents how to decide what they want to do for their children. It's very unbiased, just facts, and then how to support their health either way. How do you spell her last name? R-O-U-M-E-L-L. Alana Rumel, A-L-A-N-A-M-D. E-L-A-N-A. E-L. Okay. It's founder. Founder on the Insta. Yeah. Okay, cool. We'll definitely link everything in the show notes for everybody. Dissolving Illusions is also great. And you didn't ask, but I'll tell you, we completely forewent any vaccines for our second. And our first, Penny, was born two weeks before the pandemic happened. And when I started seeing the flood of stuff that was happening... I was like, let me look again at the literature on vaccines. Because I was like, I'm like fighting all these fires and vaginal birth and lower C-section rates and vaginal breach and less inductions. And it was like the vaccine thing I don't have time for, but now it's on my front door. And we didn't get the COVID vaccine in our second pregnancy, nor did we get it postpartum after our first. And we've got a 10-month-old and a two and a half year old. The first got vaccines up until varicella. And then I was like, hold on, we're not doing, we're not doing anymore. Because I started getting into the research and I was like, I need to pause, babe. And my wife was like, do you have to fight everything? And I was like, I gotta, <laughs> I can't, I can't not unsee now what Sound I've seen. Sound like me. <laughs> yeah, right. So then the second one, not only did she not get vaccines, she didn't even have a birth certificate until recently decided to travel to Mexico. But that's, again, another podcast conversation. So there's a lot of thoughtful people out there, a lot of intelligent people. There's a lot of very well-educated people who are also asking these same questions. So if you're curious out there listening, it's okay. It's okay to just be curious. And then to also say, you know what? I looked at it and for me, it's not for me. Like I'm still going to do the vaccines and that's okay too. Yeah. It's your, yeah. you're an adult. You can make decisions. Yes. All right. So we'll take a quick pause here, Tessa, quick little break and We'll be right back and we'll get into some of these common ingredients in everything from your household cleaners to your shampoos to your breeder products, etc. 
Well, this wouldn't be a very responsible, holistic OBGYN podcast if I didn't tell you a little bit about Fullwell. My wife and I didn't use prenatal vitamins in our pregnancy. That's because we had a diet rich in organ meats and bivalve shellfish like oysters and bone broth and fermented cod liver oil. We were loaded up with that stuff. So we were getting the full complement of nutrients that you would find in prenatal vitamins by putting our resources towards the best food possible. But that doesn't mean that most people won't benefit from an insurance policy through the highest quality prenatal vitamin on the market. So Fullwell has just that. And you can save 10% on my favorite prenatal vitamin out there by going to fullwellfertility.com and using code BELOVED10. You'll save 10%. And while you're there, if you guys are on your fertility journey, start taking your prenatals now. And by the way, load up with some extra vitamin B6 and it'll help mitigate the risk of having really bad nausea early in your pregnancy. Just a little tip from the pros here. But if you're on your fertility journey, start taking your prenatal vitamin now. And men, you're responsible for 40 to 50% of fertility challenges reported by couples in the United States. And so getting your sperm count up, getting the motility optimized, that's all a part of this process. They have a men's virility vitamin at Fullwell. Go and just buy out the whole four product pack. They've also got their Nourish Nerves Tonic and their fish oil. Go to fullwellfertility.com. Use code BELOVED10. You'll save 10% percent. All right, now let's get back to my conversation with Tessa, where you're going to be able to optimize your environment by minimizing the amount of toxic shit you're exposing your body, your skin, your mucosa to. (laughs) Tessa, you've got me all fired up. (laughs) Feel my heart rate going a little faster than usual. (laughs) We're going to talk about beauty products and this and that. If people out there are looking for insights into you know, clean supplements, clean, you know, dietary supplements, etc. The brands that I have partnered with are all available at belovedholistics.com slash shop. And you'll see all of my discount codes and everything there. There are a couple of beauty products there, but it's mostly going to be stuff that you're putting into your mouth. We are going to be talking about the other stuff, although maybe we'll even talk about some dental things, but mm-hmm. go ahead. I'll let you lead the charge here, Tessa. Sure. Yes. So when it comes to creating a non-toxic home, there's different categories I look at. So what I'm looking at first is what am I putting on my body the most? What am I being exposed to the most? Because there's different ways we are exposed to chemicals. So we can be eating chemicals, ingesting them in our food. You can be inhaling them through the air and then you put them on your body. So I kind of break them up into different categories. And I think a really easy one to start with is cleaning products. So most of us clean our homes. I have a feeling your audience is already pretty in tune with some of this information, but for those of people who don't know. Wait, let me pause there. Yeah. This is like, (laughs) there is some advanced stuff that goes into some of these products. They're even given names that look totally natural and it's completely synthesized. So I am a dual board certified physician. Well, I'm taking my hospice and palliative boards in a month. I've been to school for 14 years and I'm still struggling sometimes with what is this thing on the label? So anybody out there who feels like I should know this or you don't want to admit, like, I just don't know and don't want to reach out to Tessa, (laughs) just trust me. Like, I'm sure even Tessa's like, I better remind myself about this or I'm not so sure. Let me go and look it up. So let's put that out there. This does not mean you're dumb or that you're unclean or that you're unsafe in your house. This is really educational. So true. (laughs) But I'm starting with low hanging fruit here. So a lot of us know that cleaning products can be problematic for our health. So a lot of cleaning products have very powerful chemicals in them. And there's really just no need for it because there are so many 
amazing products you can make at home or even force of nature. I love it's salt, vinegar, and water. And that together makes a really powerful cleaner for your home. So I'll just give the chemicals you really want to avoid in each product. So fragrance is in everything. So if there truly, if there's one ingredient, I could tell you, if we ended this podcast in five minutes, this is the one ingredient I want people to be reading labels for. It is in everything you can think of, as you probably know, from air fresheners to Febreze, to laundry detergent, to candles, to cosmetics, to personal care products, to children's toys and fragrance. It's listed as fragrance parfume. So anytime you see a product with that, just put it back because Mm. fragrance, when you see one ingredient, you're thinking that's one ingredient. Well, there's a fragrance loophole and just with fragrance, that can be 1400 different chemicals that are in a product with under the term of fragrance. So fragrance is a known carcinogen, which means it plays a factor and role and can lead to cancer. So that is my absolute number one. And like I said, it'll show up in the most crazy of things. We'll talk about lawn care a little bit and furniture. It shows up everywhere. So that's the one ingredient. Can something smell good like a patchouli blend, but it's made from an actual something that is patchouli? And how would that look differently than fragrance on the label? Yes. Very good question. So it'll list it. So it'll say the ingredient and a lot of, I've been very, it's funny. I just went to target and I was looking reading all the labels and there's some products and it'll say just made with essential oils. So there are a number of natural ingredients. Like I know this one moisturizer I use has plum oil in it. So there's a lot of fragrance that's natural and safe. And it's a little tricky because as we know, a lot of things have greenwashing in them. The marketplace says, okay, we know people want cleaner products. So we're going to take out two ingredients we know are bad, but we're going to leave in a third. And I just saw hand lotion and it said rich in essential oils, but not made with essential oils. So I read the label and of course it had fragrance perfume. So it did have orange zest or something, but then it also had the artificial fragrance. So what I always look for is look for the names of things. So um, there's lemon. I'm trying to, how do you say it correctly? There's one for lemon and, um, but it's spelled differently. And there's all sorts of natural fragrances that are safe. And you'll usually see it made with essential oil. So it'll say like lavender, chamomile, eucalyptus, peppermint. It'll just be listed just that no other name for it. So I always look for naturally fragranced or fragrance free. If you want to be really safe, that's a lot harder to find, but so fragrance is my number one product to avoid especially when we're talking more so about pregnancy, there are two specific groups that we mentioned before, BPA and phthalates, I think are really important to bring up because BPA has been extensively studied. There's over 800 studies on BPA alone. And we know for sure that it is harmful. Mm. It is very destructive to our bodies, especially during fertility because, and especially to women, because it mimics estrogen. Right. I mean, it's been linked to DNA damage, lower IVF success rates, a decrease in egg quality. It affects the prostate in babies. And we know that it- Xenoestrogen, is that the word that they use? Exactly. Yes. And it is also, we know in general, it just contributes to infertility. So the main places you're going to find BPA, and I think we know BPA, everyone knows, oh yeah, I've seen water bottles that say BPA free, 
But that doesn't actually mean anything because there's a oh, whole no. group of BPs. <laughs> I know. Oh, no. Sorry to break it to you. Yeah. So there is a whole group of BPs. And just to help people know, BPAs put in plastic. So that's where you're going to find it almost all the time is in uh, different plastics. So and they'll like spray the inside of like an aluminum bottle with BPA for whatever yes, reason. Okay. Food too. Yep. So on uh, food as well. Goods, oh, no. Canned goods. Yep. So one of the most interesting sources of BPA is actually in receipts. So, you know, when you're checking out of the store and they say, do you want the receipt? And it's actually a very high concentration. So I always say, no, thank you. And I always want to tell them to wear gloves because they're literally (laughs) catching receipts all day long. But it's most commonly found in Tupperware. So if I'm telling people, okay, fragrance, we know we don't want fragrance in our house. Number two thing, get rid of plastic in your home the best you can. So a really easy swap, I started in the kitchen. Think of how often we are eating food and plastic. And look, I get takeout every so often. We all do it. But really, it is kind of wild how often we are coming into contact with plastic. And like we said, microplastics have been found in blood for the first time. We don't know 100% this is linked to cancer or Mm -hmm. X, Y, and Z, but they do know it is problematic to our health. So. A really easy swap is whatever you have of plastic in your kitchen, switch it to glass. First thing I'm looking at is going to be Tupperware. That's a really easy swap. Costco has glass Tupperware for 25 bucks. It's like a set of 20. So that to me, you don't ever want to warm up food in plastic because when you heat up plastic, that's when the chemicals are leaching out of it into your food. And then you are obviously eating your food. BPA is one of the chemicals that is water soluble. So it does exit the body pretty quickly and sweating really helps increase you detoxing it. Amazing. So yes. I'm writing some of this down. So another good reason to do exercise, which we always talk about. Absolutely. It moves your lymph, it moves your blood. It helps to circulate your body's own sort of protective mechanisms in order to get some of this stuff out. It actually activates your liver. I mean, getting into that yes. deep squat actually presses on the liver, pluses on the spleen. Like you're actually moving stuff through your intestines. Like these are your excretory processes. And so in yoga, they're like, breathe into your liver or pull that right knee up to your liver yeah, and pull your exactly, left up to yeah. your spleen. Like yep. all these rotational movements, all of this other stuff actually has a it's more than just lose weight and look good in a bikini. Like there's really good reasons to be moving yourself regularly. So just want to throw that in there. <laughs> yes, you're very correct. So BPA is really what I'm looking at. And so BPA is not going to be listed on most products. So that's what is a little tricky. But the main thing is just, like I said, swap plastic where you can. If you're using plastic ladles, switch to wood or silicone, stainless steels. And specifically in the kitchen, I'm just always looking at what am I using that's plastic? I mean, I have a water bottle I love. It's stainless steel and then it has the plastic straw. So Mm. it's funny how you just really have to pay attention to everything that you are putting in your body. And the other big chemical I want to talk about is phthalates. So they're also called plasticizers. They are put into plastic to make it more pliable. And they've done studies that 95% of women pregnant women have, it's showed present in their blood draws and urine. So the effects of phthalates are pretty devastating. It can stop ovulation. It can interfere with the growth of ovarian follicles. It's another really well-studied chemical. We're seeing it actually, it was just, I think I just posted 
there's issues with it being connected to bone density for teenage boys. It can lead to preteen birth, ADHD, obesity, interestingly enough. There's just a lot of reproductive and neurological disorders that are associated with it. So where are phthalates found? They're found in cleaning products, personal care products, fragrance. Fragrance is another reason. So when I was talking about fragrance, phthalates are one of the ingredients that are found in fragrance, plastics. Another really random source of it, a lot of people don't know, is vinyl shower curtains. So a lot of shower curtains have phthalates and plastics. So you want to swap those out. And another source that people probably wouldn't think of is really commonly found in fast food. And if you think about it, pesticides can have phthalates in them. And then the packaging, they're using the plastic packaging. And then also just the environment of being in a plastic filled restaurant is you're kind of getting hit from three different ways with phthalates. So those are the two really big ones. Some phthalates are listed on products, but again, it's not always listed. So it's not like fragrance where you're going to see it. It's more just what are you buying with if it's plastic? And then when it comes to personal care products, that is an ingredient that a lot more companies are coming out and it'll say phthalate free. Another common one is paraben free. You'll see on a lot of things. I read labels all day long. So it's really interesting. I'm seeing a lot of baby products like Johnson and Johnson. It'll say phthalate-free, paraben-free, and then I turn it over and there's mineral oil, there's PEGs, there's fragrance, and a whole bunch of other ingredients that are just as harmful. So amazing. For me, I've learned how to read ingredients, but for anyone who doesn't know how to read ingredients and say, well, how the heck am I going to know if something's safe or not? There's really helpful websites and apps. So there's two great apps I really recommend. One's called Healthy Living. It's put up by the Environmental Working Group who does a ton of great work you can go on their website to skin deep and you can put in product information. The app works the same way. So you can be shopping. You can pick up a laundry detergent and say, hey, this looks safe. Is it safe? And you can scan it and it'll rate it for you on a scale of one to 10 for toxicity. It's really great. And it'll tell you the problematic ingredients in it, what their health effects they're linked to. And then the other one is Think Dirty. And oh, that's the that's one I was really thinking of. Too. And yeah, can't you so like scan the barcode as well? And it'll that's actually exactly, bring yep. it up. Yeah. So you can type in the product or you can scan the barcode. If they don't have every product, but they have a lot of big, well-known, like say you're shopping at Target, they're probably going to have most of the products you're looking for. Amazing. And I have little helpful lists that I made a post of like, these are just the 10 ingredients always to avoid. And, you know, we've seen it in sunscreen. I feel like sunscreen has been in the press a lot with the benzene being found in it, which is an industrial chemical. I don't yeah. even know how it got in sunscreen. I don't think they yeah, know how they got in this. I mean, they are Oxy-benzone. definite. These are neuroendocrine disruptors, period. The coral reefs are dying not because we're smashing them only. They're also actually right. suffocating and dying because we're poisoning them by yeah. spraying all this bullshit stuff on us that has a nanoparticulate, very, very easily absorbable. Aerosol. Awful. It's yeah, awful. Yeah. yeah. yeah and you had mentioned the environment earlier and Something I read, so Shanna Swan, she has a book called Countdown to Zero. It's all about sperm health specifically. They also talk about women's health. And she talks about, it's not just humans that we're seeing more. And I should say, infertility has been on the rise majorly. In general, sperm health is declining overall 1% every year for the past 30 years. We are seeing more and more couples need interventions when trying to get pregnant. And we're also seeing a lot more children being born with issues. 
And there's two things we know for sure. And that there's the two most vulnerable times in a person's life is pregnancy and early childhood. And that's why we have so many studies showing we know phthalates affect this. We know parabens affect this. And there's been two big studies done on cord blood and EWG did the most recent one. They found over 108 industrial chemicals in cord blood. So this is your precious newborn baby's blood. And some are unknown chemicals that they don't even know the source of them. So, Like maybe your body modified it and it's actually this like new toxic mutant that we, you don't even know where you ingested it. (laughs) I hope not. What was the name of that book? It was Countdown to Zero. Oh, it's just called Countdown. What's the author's name? Shanna Swan. She's one of like the leading reproductive epidemiologists in the country, if not the world. She's very well respected and known. Love it. Love it. She's really, really great. But it's pretty disheartening, especially me being more in the prenatal space. I'm seeing it so much, but I'm also really empowered. And that's what I hope people get from this is we really have so much control over what we bring into our home. And for any product you have that you think, oh, shoot, I really like this product, but it has something bad for me. I can promise you there is a healthy non-toxic option. Like we have come so far in so many ways. There are so many more beauty brands. There's so many more everything. There's alternatives to our lawn care and everything. Anything you can think of, someone's come up with a better, safer option. So it's just really getting that information out there because I think so many people still don't know about it. And it's really interesting that this hasn't made more headway and it's starting to, but it's still a very small percentage of people that are like truly trying to understand why it's so important. And unfortunately, like the BIPOC communities are targeted the most with the most chemical laden products and have the much higher health issues, rates of health issues from using all these products. So, right on. You said phthalates. I'm guessing it's a P-H-T-H. I assume it is. That, yeah, phthalates. It is. So it's not going to look like phthalates. What are some other names that they might list that under? So if you have a they couple? actually, they have them. There's 25 different kinds of phthalates and Whoa. they are listed on some products, but they're all acronyms. So D-B-P, D-I-B-P, B-Z-P, D. EHP, they're all DOP, D, but honestly, I've really never really seen these even listed when I'm looking on Di- products. Isobutyl phthalate. Yeah. Yes. Those, that just sounds benzyl, like it's out to hurt you. Benzyl butyl. <laughs> yes. So sounds like a James really, Bond villain or something. <laughs> yeah. In a really practical way that I forgot to mention for phthalates, avoiding phthalates is avoiding plastic that when, you know, when you turn a product over, you see the recycling code, Yeah. anything with the recycling code of three, six or seven. Oh, so and those, those are probably are, not as easily recyclable either, I'm guessing. Yes. Okay. Yes. Interesting. Yeah. And All so right. personal care products are another really important category. I think the average woman puts 17 products on her skin a day. And what wow. we put on our skin does go directly to our bloodstream. So it's really worth taking the time to, as you can, whatever is most successful to you. The way I did it was I started this journey 10 years ago. So I've had a lot of time to swap out products. As you finish a product, just look for a safer option. You don't have to throw everything away. Yeah. And again, look at what you're using the most. So if are you using body lotion every day, body wash? I'm not as concerned with mascara as I am to shampoo that you're putting on, you know, directly onto your scalp every single day. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that Again, there's so many wonderful, wonderful 
brands that have come out that I know for sure are very safe. I can say like in San Diego, we have a really wonderful store for personal care products called Shop Good. You can shop online as well. Anything you buy there, fully Tessa approved. A lot of the main ingredients that you're going to be want avoid, of course, fragrance, phthalates, parabens. Another one that you'll see a lot from sunscreen, I see it a lot into any kind of personal care product are PEGs, triclosan, which is in a lot of things, mineral oil, DEA, and then artificial colors are in a lot of products. And we know they are so bad for us. So when it comes specifically to personal care products, I work with a company called Beauty Counter and also Primally Pure. They're a little bit different. Primally Pure is really minimal organic ingredient wonderful products. I really like them. They're a small company based out of Murrieta, which is here in Southern California. They make some men's products as well, but it's really just more body products, just skincare. And they make the best deodorant. My favorite deodorant is Primal Pure. And then I work with Beauty Counter and they actually do a lot of advocating. So that's one of my favorite things about them is they actually go to Senate by state. And then we've also done four trips to Washington, D.C. to meet on Capitol Hill to really try and push more legislation through. We have played a really big part in getting four bills passed over the past five years or 10 years, but it's very, very small. So like I mentioned, we have 30 ingredients banned. Beauty Counter alone has chosen to ban 1,800 ingredients that we know are harmful or are potentially harmful to our health. And so the laws that have passed have just been more like, okay, we need to look at three more ingredients, which is just so wild. So I have my guy that I'm coming out with literally has every brand that I know of and trust for every category, whether it's body lotion, deodorant, nail polish is a pretty toxic product that people are finding ways to make safer body wash, shaving cream, aftershave, cologne, beard oil, everything you can think of. All requires a little look over on the ingredient list. Yeah. It's got me thinking about that too, like my beard oils and things, because, you know, a lot of times that stuff, especially like with beard oil and shampoo, there's fragrance in that. So I I know that I'm going to find something that I'm going to be like, sharts, I need to. I need Absolutely. to make a better purchase Primarily next time. Pure. They have a beard oil. All right. <laughs> and one other category that you slightly mentioned was dental. So I think about it in terms of children too. Toothpaste is, has all sorts of yucky ingredients in it. Oh, yeah. Fluoride, SLS, artificial colors, flavors, and preservatives. That is a category that there are so many amazing options now. It's really easy to find healthier options. Floss shockingly can have Teflon in it. Teflon is- Are you is, kidding me? Oh, for the slipperiness. Oh, yes. gosh. So it glides well. So I d- actually spent a lot of time trying to research this. I couldn't find ingredient lists, but it's everything I've read has pointed to the big companies like Oral-B and stuff, them using Teflon. Teflon is also <laughs> in nonstick cookware. Yeah. That's a big one. There's a really wonderful documentary. Well, horrifying, but very illuminating documentary called The Devil We Know. And it's all about the people that worked in the factory that was making Teflon and how they had huge issue in their city of children being born with all sorts of health issues. And adults were getting very, very serious life threatening diseases. So, and this is probably in some developing nation somewhere, right? Where, you know, it's. Oh, no, it's on the East Coast. Oh, it's in our country. Oh, in awesome. our country. Even it better. was Virginia, I think. Oh, man. Yep. No, no, it was here. 
Well, I mean, it's like yes. it goes all the way back to like the yeah. mercury poisoning days, right? The Mad Hatter is not just a fictional character yes. that was actually based on the use of yes. mercury for something in felt in order to like preserve it or something. And the workers that were using it and the yes. men that were wearing it were having these psychoses. And right. that's where the term comes from. So you don't know yeah. until we know. So for everybody out there listening, I want to just reemphasize that you don't go into your house and throw everything out and splurge on $800 worth of no. new things. Yeah. If you can afford that, fine, go for it. The other question then I have is where do you dispose of this junk? But that's another question for There's another no day. Place. <laughs> yeah, you don't just pour it down the drain. So start with that thing that you know you're applying the most. You're applying it to a large portion of your body, like lotion, yes. like you said, or yep. your bar of soap. Or your laundry detergent, which is going to be touching you every single time and your sheets and all of that. So, yeah. Yes. I really appreciate this. Let me also say something about the dental stuff. I found this company, Tara & Co., who makes like an Ayurvedic blended oil pool. And they've got a, a charcoal-based toothpaste. I think they have another non-charcoal because I don't actually like charcoal. I think it's a little extreme for my teeth. But there's like Revitin. There's all these other toothpaste brands. If it was me out there listening, I would probably switch my toothpaste first. It's going into your mucal cavity, your oral cavity there, and you're going to rapidly absorb anything that's in that. So the fluoride is out. Fluoride alone, start with that maybe, and then start building from there. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what your thoughts are. Absolutely. So if you look at toothpaste, it says don't swallow if there's fluoride in it. So you're telling kids to put something in their mouth that's being absorbed, whether or not you swallow it. And then you're saying, don't swallow it. And the question is, well, why can't I swallow it if I'm putting it in my mouth? In fact, I'm a doctor here. Most medications are actually more effective if you hold it in your mouth. You just don't right, do it because tongue. it tastes like shit. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And there's a lot of medicines out there that have no flavor, like Cytotec has like a chalky flavor. We use it all the time in oh, labor and delivery. I have that in labor too. Yeah. Yeah. You put it under your tongue. <laughs> we have we have oral dissolving tablets for many, many medications that I was using on hospice because people don't have the ability to safely swallow. So, hey, it's even better in the oh, mouth. Yeah. Just slip a little morphine in the mouth and it gets rapidly absorbed. So... There is definitely something to that. I'm so glad we're having this conversation. Yes. And like what little kid isn't swallowing their toothpaste? Like my daughter drinks it. Like she's eating it. I know. So <laughs> so does my son. So my son's obsessed, the 17-month-old, with our toothpaste, which is Risewell. So people are worried. So if I'm not using fluoride, well, what about my children's enamel? So there's a lot of studies on this. And again, I think it's just something that I'm guessing that's money, honestly, because the toothpaste industry is part of Johnson and Johnson and P and G and these huge corporations where they don't want to take the money to reformulate their products. But it's very well studied that hydroxyapatate mm -hmm. is a very safe alternative and just as effective as fluoride. So a lot of the toothpaste options I like, like Risewell, Boca with a K, Dr. Bright, Redmond's, they all use that. So hydroxyapatite. I think it's the same mm -hmm. with Terra and Co. Yeah, and Revitin. Yeah. They both use hydroxyapatite. Yes. So we've already found a very easy alternative for anybody who's looking to make a subtle shift. And I think that's a really big one. Really easy one. Fluoride is a neurotoxin. I mean, it really screws you up. So now that's not to say you would notice it, but had you not had fluoride for the last 20 years, what would life look like? That's the question to ask. Right. And what well, could your next 20 years look like if you got rid of the fluoride? So Perfection is not the key. We're just trying to make small steps here. And a really important segue, speaking of fluoride, is water. So that's mm. one other thing you are putting on your body and in your body every day. And it has so many chemicals. If you've even just looked at the pipes, just Google image a search of the pipes that are bringing water to your house. You'll be horrified. 
So every city is different. As we know, a lot of people talk about, oh, the water here is great. But when I go to this city, it's gross. So you can check your tap water. It's tapwaterdatabase.org, I think. And you put in your zip code and it'll tell you what exact chemicals have tested over the allowable limit in your city. So, and a really important swap for me, one of my top five swaps would be some sort of water filter. There's a huge range of them. You could do, you know, a $50 one you just attach to your sink. You can do a whole house water filter that is about two to $3,000. You can do reverse osmosis. That's what we have. It was already in our house when we bought it under our sink. And then you can look into additional filters. A lot of people don't think about it, but a bath filter, we have a bath filter and a shower filter because that is a huge exposure and it's hot water that it's not cold water that again is going to just make those chemicals helps them go in there. Yeah. Oh, interesting. So reverse osmosis, I understand the process, but isn't there some need as well to remineralize the water afterwards? Absolutely. Okay. So I have two brands. I really like my favorite is Quinton. It's tasteless. A lot of people don't like minerals because they're tasteless and they're in glass vials, which I like it being in glass as opposed to plastic. And it's by dosage. So you literally just need one of these in your water a day and you're done. It it gives you all the minerals you need. And it's actually really important speaking, going back to dental health. And I experienced this and especially for women who are getting pregnant. So if you're using reverse osmosis and you're not remineralizing, you're losing minerals. If As we know, through pregnancy and postpartum, you lose a lot of minerals. And so I actually had some cavities pop up after my third son. And I was horrified because I thought, oh, my diet's so perfect. And then I realized I hadn't been remineralizing my water. So Uh. I am very diligent about doing that now. But that is really important. So some reverse osmosis systems, you can add it back into the tank. But for the most part, you're just going to have to buy it. Another really popular one is trace minerals. Oh, that's that I one think you the can one taste that I have. a little bit more. Yeah. So it has a funky taste. Trace minerals does. So yeah. the Quinton ones do not taste at all. You don't taste it at all. Do they all. come in so little vials? You just put it in glass your vials. You glass break vials. the glass vial and oh, yeah. put it in your water. It's really great. I really okay. like it. So yeah. every time that you fill up, like let's say you've got young kids. We've got a Berkey system, which has an yes, extra attachment yes. for fluoride. Also wonderful. Yes. I'm sure it's not the best out there, everybody. I get it. But it's definitely it's actually really good. way better yeah. than all the lead piping that is bringing water into many American homes. So we go through maybe three of those per day. And it's the big boy. Like we just drink a ton of water. Our kids are always yeah. drinking water. My wife does a ton of cooking, boiling, etc. So on all clad <laughs> cookware, of which course. has no coating. And they seem to last forever, by the way. So you're not like replacing it because of a broken handle the next year or something. So instead of spending 30 bucks, you spend a hundred bucks and you get your pot. But anyways, although they can actually be way more expensive than that. Um, they are, but they're worth it. So if you're going through all of that water, how do you know, like, are you adding it every time you fill a now gene or like, what is the one quinton worth? So that's the tricky thing. I really need to hone in on the math for it because the way I do it for the boys is when I fill up their little stainless steel water bottles, <laughs> I really like Hydro Flask for them. Those are great. They actually have them at Costco right now. I don't know if they'll still be there when this airs, but they're about 20 to $25 a water bottle for little kids. And you can get two for $17 at Costco right now. And what's the really brand? Great. It's high. Oh, Thermo. Oh, I have a picture of it, but I'm going to forget it. Thermo Flask? I think it's Thermo Flask. And what's so special about that? I must Stainless have... steel. So that's oh, one gotcha. more thing where everything marketed towards kids is plastic, whether it's their lunchbox and their lunch bottles and everything. Because they utensils, drop things plastic. and they break them. Yeah. Right. Which yeah. I completely understand. But 
sorry, I should have mentioned that back to BPA. That's another really good swap for children is swapping everything plastic and baby bottles would probably be my number one pick for that because they're putting their mouth on it every day. So almost every brand makes glass baby bottles and they all come with sleeves you can put on them. So I will say (laughs) we've still managed to break a few with the sleeves on it, but it's never say never that little 18 month gold can chuck things. Yes, (laughs) absolutely. Um, real quickly, Quinton is made by a company called Quicksilver Scientific. That's correct. And I've got a code for them for anybody in your circle. It's code Beloved. Uh, you probably have one too, but it's I think it's twenty percent off. So if you guys want to try this, I know exactly what you're talking about now. I forgot that I had forgotten the name. You kind of snap yes. off the top, exactly, and you can either drink it straight or you can add it to water. That's the idea, right? Yes. Yep. Is there a way to modify the RO system in order to have minerals added back in? So there's certain ones that have it, but I don't know the brand names off the top of my head. We just talked about it because we're actually, I'm really excited. We're hopefully redoing our kitchen and we're going to be putting in a whole home filter. Oh, that's amazing. So, so like at the my, water source. At the water source. Oh, that's awesome. So like you said, you're using water from your brookie to cook. A lot of people just use tap water to cook. Yeah. So yeah. obviously, right? What else are you going to use? So we're really excited. I can get rid of all the little filters I have. <laughs> I would love to know what house filter that is. That would be a huge investment for us. Like, Yeah, it's called Aquasana. Aquasana. Oh, that even sounds lovely. <laughs> right. Aquasana. There's a lot of people that are very into alkaline water, pH water, you know, the, having it alkaline. I think it's more important to get the chemicals out. That's, oh, I'm absolutely. not a water expert. Yeah. But. And actually adding the minerals back in will alkalize the water. So if you strip it completely of minerals, you're going to have a slightly more acidic water than you would probably feel best with. So add a little bit of those minerals and you can even get pH drops and just check it in a glass of water. And if yeah. it turns like that kind of not dark, dark blue or purple, but like middle blue, like you're in the right range. And it's not that hard to do that. You just add an extra drop of the trace minerals in your set. So yeah, it's amazing. Easy. Wow. Okay. Since we were talking about cookware, I mentioned All Clad. Are there any other brands that people should know about in their kitchen? Yeah, definitely. So cookware is another one that if you can prioritize swapping out your cookware, just pick one pan that you use the most. Like I mentioned, the Teflon nonstick is so bad for our health. (laughs) And it's wild to me that it's still so popular. Everyone has it. And they start to chip and they actually wear out way faster. Like you start to see that lining kind of flaking away. So why not just invest in one good pan than pay three for the next couple of years? And I will say, I've done a lot of research on pot and pans and people will argue you for any one you use. So the way I like to approach it is have a mix. So we do use all clad stainless, especially for our saucepans. We do enameled porcelain, cast iron, We have an Extrema, which is just ceramic. And then I also do like Caraway, which is a much safer option if you want more of like a nonstick feel. So, and so those are my favorite soaps or brands. Le Creuset, I really like the All Clad Lodge cast iron. There's any of the cast irons are great. I don't know that there's really a difference in quality with cast iron. Extrema is the ceramic cookware. That one's a little tricky. It breaks really easily, but... That is really, really important because if you are cooking at home a lot, that is leaching into your food every day. And it's definitely one of my favorite swaps to tell people to make. And yeah. same as for baking too, because the for baking pans, they can be nonstick too, but you can use glass or ceramic. I just got plain stainless steel muffin pan, mini muffin pans the other day. 
So, um, and there's no way to guarantee a muffin's not going to stick in the pan anyways, guys. They stick. It's just what muffins do. Yeah. <laughs> Avocado oil spray is my favorite. That's, that's my wife's yeah. secret too. Okay. How about car seats, bed spreads, bed sheets, anything there that yeah, you've found? So car seats is a really great place to land because one of the chemicals that I mentioned at the beginning are PFAAs. And those are called forever chemicals because unlike EPA and parabens are phthalates that leave your body, these actually are stored in your fat tissue. So they're a lot harder to get out of your system. And chemical flame retardants were used in mattresses and in pajamas and in car seats and are still widely used in car seats. And we have come such a long way in even just the past six years. And because I had my son six years ago, there were two car seat options that are made with natural flame retardants. And the thing about the chemical flame retardants is, again, it's like an old law that doesn't really apply anymore. And now we have all of these natural flame retardants, like wool is what they use, that are just as effective without the chemicals. And again, if you think about it, you're putting a car seat in a car, it's having the sun beat down on it, you know, at least 12 hours a day, maybe you park it in the garage. But for a lot of people, that is off gassing. And the chemical flame retardants are really, the side effects of those are really pretty scary. And again, we're putting babies in them, we're putting toddlers in them. And this is something that's touching their skin, they're inhaling it. So they're touching it all the time. Like this is the most time that they're spending with you is probably in some sort of chair, whether it's at the table, it's in the car, it's in the stroller. So Yep. And I just did two posts on non-toxic convertible car seats, booster car seats, and I have one for baby car seats. And they have great. So Nuna is a great brand, but within these uh, brands, Nuna. I, we had a, we had yeah. a Nuna. Yeah. <laughs> you usually have to find the exact model. Like, so for up a baby, they make a car seat called the Mesa, but it's only the Jordan and the Henry models that use the natural flame mm. retardant. So Nuna, Britax, Maxi Cozy, Chico, it's the kid fit clear And then the Kleck Uber are all. So if you start with those brands, you're going to find them. And the great news is they would have these few options, but they're a lot more expensive than the other ones. So it was really price prohibitive, which was really frustrating for a lot of people. It would be, you know, 300 for one, and then it'd be $550 for the flame retardant free one. They've come out with safer options at much more lower price points, which is really great. Yeah. Well, this forever chemicals thing was just in the news. So you kind of perked my ears up because... I think it's in general in our society, what we presume is that governmental agencies, that large corporations really care about these things. And in my solar plexus, my gut tells me that's not true. But there was a point in my life when I was like, people wouldn't do things knowing it's harmful. It doesn't mean that these companies are nefarious, but it should draw into question why these chemicals are still being used when even the EPA, which is definitely lobbied like hell, by a lot of these companies. They are not totally guilt-free in this whole conversation we're having. But August 26, 2022, the USA EPA actually posted this sort of memo. And it says, Biden-Harris administration is taking significant action under this PFA's strategic roadmap to protect people and communities from the health risks posed by certain PFAs, which are these flame retardant chemicals. They've sort of dubbed them these forever chemicals. And the EPA is now proposing to designate two of the most widely used per 
and polyfluoroalkyl substances, that's PFAs, as hazardous substances under the Comprehensive Environmental Response Compensation and Liability Act, also known as Superfund. Here's the key. This rulemaking would increase transparency around releases of these harmful chemicals and help to hold polluters accountable for cleaning up their contamination. Now, what on earth does that actually mean? How are they going to clean up the contamination of a kid who's been sitting in a flame retardant or PFA-laden car seat for the last 15 years? Well, they hopefully can. they haven't had a car seat for 15 <laughs> years, you get my point? Well, yeah. <laughs> for yes, the first three yes. years of their life or six years of their life or whatever. There's no cleaning that up. So it really is on us as the consumer to demand better, to vote with our dollars, to find so that important. model that, yeah, that doesn't have these things. Like if you have the means to do that, this yeah. is something you can And you can, you can buy do. secondhand. That's what I tell right. people to look. It's so easy to buy secondhand. And if you have, well, with other things, car seats is debated, but if you can find a gently used one, that's even better because it hopefully has already off some of it. PFAAs, yeah, the EPA posted too, I have here that what they know about the health effects, reproductive effects, such as decreased fertility, developmental <sighs> effects or delays in children, increased risk of some cancers, reduced ability of the body's immune system to fight infections. And there's about five more yeah. things here. Yeah, They're totally. also really commonly found in waterproof clothing. So anytime you see oh. something that's waterproofed, it's also in food packaging, Teflon, carpets, and per- any kind of performance fabric. So not just the waterproof, but different kind of performance fabrics as well. And it's really commonly found in dust. So a really good way to reduce your toxic load in your home is have less stuff. I know it sounds so silly, but it's actually really true. The less things you have, the less chemicals you're bringing into your home. If you do have children, you do have a lot of things. I tried to get rid of things a lot. We still have a lot of things. I There's really simple, easy tips. You can take your shoes off when you come inside. That is so important, especially when you have little children. Think about if you take a walk around your block, think of everything you're stepping in. Think of, say, you're walking past a lawn that has uses Roundup, which even now has glyphosate. Just think about all the industrial chemicals, the oil leaks from cars. And then you're walking that through your house. And then your new baby is learning to crawl and is walking and falling on the ground, putting her mouth on these chemicals. So take your shoes off when you come in the house, open windows, invest in a good air purifier. There's so many good ones out there. I love Air Doctor. A lot of people love Austin as well. Air Doctor. Okay. Air Doctor. That's the one. We love it. I might order that right now or after we're done with the interview. (laughs) They have smaller ones. It is an investment. They go on sale a lot. It's about $350, but you can just move it from room to room. But truly opening up your windows makes a huge difference. That's something I do in every room in our house every day. I try to leave our front door open as much as possible. It's free and taking off your shoes too. There's just so many chemicals. It just, if you just think about it from a really logical perspective, yeah. everywhere you're walking. And then it's so easy. Just take off your shoes. I like to steam our floors once a week. You just get a regular steamer. All you need is water and steam. Steam is incredibly effective at very naturally disinfecting floors. Wow. So, okay. I yeah. want to share something about you mentioned Roundup. It, it kind of hit me in the chest a little bit because, you know, we've got little kids like you and they're running around on the grass and this and that. And, You know, my grandfather always says that like old thing. Well, when my grandfather was alive, he used to joke. I remember him and my dad joking about how was the drive up from Virginia to Pittsburgh, my hometown. And he was like, 
well, there's a lot less bugs on the road. Like we've heard this, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, You know, like you used to have to like have your windshield wipers on to clean the bugs off every 15 minutes. And now, you know, you do get hit with bugs once in a while, but there's far less, especially in this super rich climate in Kentucky. You'd expect there to just to be bugs everywhere. It kind of feels like Louisiana because it's so humid here at times. Mm -hmm. So naturally, people are like annoyed by these pesky bugs. And I would never even think to use fertilizer or spray pesticides or anything on my yard. And, you know, my wife is like, well, that would be nice to not get as many mosquito bites, but like, we're not putting our kids in grass that has all this stuff on it. So we thought we made the right decision. And then sure enough, one day, I probably told this story. So if I'm repeating myself, everybody listening, bear with me here, because it's so relevant to what you do, Tessa. I was standing in my front like room and kind of just I was holding the baby and watching and this guy comes rolling by this like really kind of dorky dude who like barely had like his chin strap grown in and he had a polo tucked in and he had a clipboard and he was like levitating and I saw him come around the corner I was like what on earth is that and then I realized he's on a hoverboard and so he makes this left turn and then is heading towards the like towards the main road and he stops abruptly in front of my house and then turns 90 degrees like And he rolls up to my front door (laughs) and he was like, hello, sir. Hello. My name is, you know, my name's Nathan. And I'm like, I'm Nathan too, you know, whatever. (laughs) And he's like, sir, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about your yard. First off, I see that you have a lot of clover in your yard. We can take care of that in a jiff for you. And I just wanted you to know you're the only household in the entire neighborhood that hasn't sprayed our product on your lawn to control pesky bugs. And I was like, there's that pesky bug thing again. So the weeds are a problem, especially the clover, which if you guys have never walked over a clover lawn instead of grass, oh my God, it's like heaven for your feet. So that's why we oh, have a we clover have grass. lots of clover. Yeah, it's so beautiful. <laughs> and they grow these beautiful flowers and whatever. So I was like, uh, you mean every other house has Roundup on it? And he was like, he was like, oh yeah, yeah. It's not as bad as some of the other Roundup products. And I was like, Again, back to the whole, like, how much mercury is it okay to have in my body? I'd like it to be zero. I'd like zero Roundup, any glyphosate residue on anywhere in my property, especially the yard where we're walking barefoot all the time. So I was like, I don't know. He was like, but what about those weeds? Like, he was like, really trying to sales me. And I was like, I then went into my little diatribe for him, which he didn't ask for. And he probably was happy to never come back. But it was about the importance of embracing that weeds are actually providing something to the soil. And if we're going to spray these artificial things that are going to kill their anti-biologic agents, you don't think that it's going to have some harm inside your body, on your hands when you're eating your food and it's going down your gullet. I just want everybody to reconsider that my yard is the most bug infested yard in the neighborhood and it attracts birds and bees and spiders and mosquitoes and possums and everything else. And everybody here is pretty chill, but we are putting up with a little bit more of the bugs thing. So we can have the pesky bugs or we can clean up our lifestyle. And that's a decision that you can make. It's your decision. And they still don't have very many brands that they actually do have a few safer brands for lawn care. I had a go back and forth with our gardener too. Cause she's like, well, it costs more money. And I said, that's okay. <laughs> I'm happy to have the safer that's product, right. yeah. even if it just costs a few more dollars, but especially specifically with Roundup, it's actually been banned and partially banned at least in like 10 European countries. Yeah. I think Mexico just outlawed it. We are seeing it more at a local level here, but nothing federally, which just shocking because if you haven't heard, there was a huge case of glyphosate being directly linked to cancer. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, this is Zach Bush's whole work as well. And glyphosate also damages your gut lining directly, presumably. I mean, like it's been demonstrated. Do we know it does that or not? It doesn't really matter. It is this synthetic stuff that we know causes all these other deleterious effects, you know? And so when in doubt, trust nature. And if you're in doubt of nature, then the burden of evidence is actually on you to demonstrate that this is safe. It shouldn't come 30 years later when, when you're saying, you know, when we're looking at safety data. So... Yeah, so and glyphosate is a it's a carcinogen and an endocrine disruptor. Yeah. And we know yeah. through that it damages DNA too. Sure. So uh, sure. some safer options is for lawn care, it's the brand's called Sunday. And then funny enough, the pest control brand is called First Saturday. So is it made by the same? No, I think they're different. So it's just just remember Saturday <laughs> and Sunday. <laughs> Sounds like they were out at the club one night, these two like right? entrepreneurs, and they were like, let's do this thing. You'll be Sunday. I'll be first Saturday. <laughs> and the pest control is a little easier. I've gotten mixed results on how effective it is, but we have just like a peppermint oil spray. You can use essential oils to help keep ants at bay. So Yeah, yeah. right on. Well, Tessa, I told you it was going to be an hour and we're an hour 25. Look at how that happens. It's one of my longer interviews. I feel like you and I could go on and on and on and on. Yes. I know you got a couple projects in the works.
this episode yes. probably won't release until December or so. So, which I'm sorry about. It's just the reality of what it means to do this work. So, hopefully, you can reach back out to me. We'll get all of your resources, yes. get as many people yep. going to your website as possible. I think you are such a gem given the pressures from your family and from society in general, you're still every day making the decision that feels best for you and your family. And I think that even if you are somebody who's really down in the dumps, financially, this doesn't make sense. Again, start with one little product. Keep doing everything else. It's not like overnight you're going to suddenly become superwoman or superman. Just start with something small. Yeah. And if you can't afford the super expensive detergent, that's okay. Start with a toothpaste or whatever else and just slowly get your way there. And you can DIY a lot of things. You can use baking soda, vinegar for basically your whole house. So. Well, there you go. I mean, that's yeah. the cheapest way possible. Yeah. And most people who are rich are not getting rich by <laughs> investing well. They're getting rich by actually being thoughtful about where their money goes. So exactly. this is one thing that is of utmost importance that you're buying from good brands and supporting those brands so they can kind of proliferate and make these products more readily available and even maybe drop their costs. So it really is one of the best ways to tell the marketplace what you want is yeah. just supporting the right brands. Yeah. Tessa, how can people find you? I'm on Instagram at balance to a T and my website is the same. And that's really the two places where I live. Can't handle the TikTok or anything. <laughs> <laughs> I won't so even not tell enough you. time in the day. <laughs> it is the bane of my existence right now. It's like I exist to receive pings on my phone from TikTok comments that are so outlandish that it's like, I'm not even responding. Like I'm not doing this game. Yeah. But good on you for that. So I yes. don't know if I'm going to last long. If they ban my account for some reason, I probably just will say I'm done with TikTok. <laughs> Social media yes. in general, like Instagram is not much better. So balance to a T is how they yes. can find you. And I have a lot of blog posts on preparing for pregnancy, how to go in on toxic. Yeah. I have a sperm health guide. When this airs, I'm going to have a complete home guide and my services. So yeah, yeah. this will be an impetus to get that yes. ready and we'll send people yeah. your way. Awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you for spending so much time with me. And it's great to see you again. You just look so healthy to me. Like if you're listening, <laughs> Tessa is a beautiful woman. She's got great hair, great skin. She just looks like she has great posture. Like she just has it together. And I do think that there is something to living a less toxic lifestyle. I think you're going to look and yeah. feel better. So thank you for showing up in the way thank that you, you do. Thank you for having me. Yeah. It's we'll send as honor. many people uh, your way as possible. Wonderful. Thank you. All right. Take care. Thank you so much, Tessa. You know, nowadays, there is so much toxic stuff in our soil, in our air, and in our water. It's on us to put our resources to the best of our ability towards minimizing the amount of junk that we're exposing ourselves to, especially if we're on our fertility journey, especially if we've got a baby growing inside of us. Tessa, thank you so much for sharing all of this information. If you guys are taking anything from the show please show us some love. If you haven't ranked us on uh, Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating. It takes 15 seconds and it does so much for us. So thank you if you've already done that. Continue sharing the episodes with your friends, your loved ones, etc. If this is a podcast that has any value in your life, I can't keep doing it without your support. The last and most important way to show your support is to go to the sponsors, spend a little bit of money, to optimize your health, to optimize your pregnancy, to optimize your fertility. There's only one way forward, and that is for you to take responsibility to the best of your resources. Take responsibility for what's going into your body. And this conversation with Tessa is a testament to that. 
The sponsors for this episode were Fullwell Fertility, best prenatal vitamins on the market. Code BELOVED10 will get you 10% off. By Optimizers, they've got great sleep aids. They've got great magnesium supplements. They've got great digestive enzymes. Go and buy a whole gamut of them, and you are going to save money using code BELOVED at checkout or go to bioptimizers.com slash holistic OBGYN. BirthFit, a company that is founded by women. They have an online community for women. You're going to hear renowned experts in webinar format throughout the month during your membership. If you want to try out this company, which provides pregnancy and postpartum-specific coaching, I want you to go to birthfit.com, use code BELOVED, and you'll get one month free access to their B community. Can't recommend them enough. And then last, but certainly not least, Organifi, non-GMO, glyphosate-free, USDA organic. There's nothing wrong with this brand. I love everything about it, including the owner, Drew, who's just a stand-up awesome dude. I drink the red juice in the afternoon. I start with the green juice in the morning. I use their Focus. I use their Immune Boost. I use all of their products on a regular basis. Their gold latte at night. Right now, they have a chocolate gold, which is so freaking delicious, which is just available now around the holiday season. Go to Organifi.com slash Beloved. You'll save 20% on your purchase. And remember guys, nothing in the show is medical advice. If you want medical advice, come to my website, belovedholistics.com. I'm going to be launching my PRP fertility program and I'm going to be launching the Born Free Method course with Sarah Rosser of The Farm, Ina May's Farm. We're putting together an incredible course that I think you're going to just want to take. It starts with deconditioning you and reminding you that you ultimately have the power in your pregnancy. I will be taking just 15 people for the first cohort. So if you want to secure your spot, if this is something you value, it's basically an extension of everything you've heard on the podcast. Send me a message there for a $200 deposit. I will be taking 15 people up front, secure your spot. Otherwise, you can wait until it's launched and hopefully there'll be a spot for you. But the course is not going anywhere, that's for sure. All of my consulting work, all of my collaborator program work, everything can be found at belovedholistics.com. A week from today will be past Christmas. So happy holidays to everybody. Merry Christmas if you celebrate Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. It's coming up at the time of my voice right now being recorded. (laughs) After Christmas, we'll be back on the 28th of December with Adam Blanning. He is the current sitting president of the Physicians Association of Anthroposophic Medicine. And we're going to be talking about everything from childhood fever to just the nature of of integrative medicine in the future through the lens of Rudolf Steiner and anthroposophy. So Adam is a joy. He is such a tender, intelligent, uh, motivated human being. I'm so, so grateful that you're going to be able to hear his voice here. In the meantime, I will see you in a week right back here on the Holistic Abidjan Podcast. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.